0: Welcome. You're listening to the Camino Church Podcast. This is Lessons with Pastor Steve Sellers. Twice a week, our host will dive deep into Scripture, giving you a convenient way to stay in the Word of God. Whether you're driving to work in the morning or cooking dinner at night, we're glad you're here and we're glad you're listening. Let's get started. Thanks for joining us again for another Camino Lessons Podcast. This time we're going to be talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in 1 John. Uh, Make sure you have your Bibles ready. We're not going to read through passages, but we're going to reference those passages. And you're going to want to see what we're talking about here. And you're probably going to want to make notes either in your Bible or on a piece of paper and a pencil. So uh, if you don't have that ready, feel free to pause it. Go grab uh, your scriptures. Go grab something to write with and to write on and then come right back and join us again. John makes several references to the Holy Spirit uh, in his letter, in his first epistle that he has written to his community. Uh, And and it's important that we take a little bit of time to kind of dwell on this because uh, we have this interesting dynamic in the modern church. Um, There is a great amount of teaching and preaching that is done on God uh, and clearly on uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Most churches dwell within those two parts, those two persons of the Trinity on a regular basis. Uh, However, there's not as much emphasis given to the role of the Holy Spirit, or there may be improper emphasis given to the role of the Holy Spirit. And What I mean by that is I think you do have some churches that struggle to teach about the Holy Spirit because uh, they don't understand the role they haven't taken the time to really dwell within the role of the holy spirit scripture is very clear about a lot of that Uh, and you can you can find those references gosh even on even online on the internet search or something always being careful to use trusted sources of course but but the misrepresentation of the spirit a lot of times may be seen in more emphasis or inappropriate emphasis on the charismatics of the holy spirit people being in the Spirit, people responding in a very emotional or gifted way. Um, there's a, a lot of attention in Scripture given to literally the roles of the Holy Spirit, and I thought it would be good for us to look at what John had to say about the third person of the Trinity um, so that we don't put uh, the Spirit in the backseat of proclamation. Um, all three are co-equal, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit— and it's important that we teach them all well uh, and as equally as possible. So let, let's kind of take a look at this and see what we can come up with out of 1 John. As we do it, keep a couple of things in mind. One is that uh, this faith that we're talking about, uh, Christianity, followers of Christ, believers at this time, are growing out of a Jewish tradition. So what they are being taught is not brand new. The Holy Spirit is not a new concept The Holy Spirit goes all the way back to Genesis' account of creation where the Spirit hovered over creation being made in in kind of a a caretaking and maintenance role. Uh, So they've heard these things, uh, but they may not really be understanding and dwelling. The Holy Spirit takes a very active role in the fulfillment of the good news and faith especially when it is dispersed on all of us. And so uh, let's keep that in mind that they already have some context to work from. Uh, it is part of God's design. It is, uh, the Spirit is revealed through the Old Testament, uh, and uh, it's going to get some clarification. The other thing to keep in mind is that whatever we say about the role of the Holy Spirit uh, in 1 John, it is directly related to the situation John is writing about. Uh, there are concepts and ideas, beliefs that we can generalize from this, but we need to try to make sure that we hold true to the context of the the, uh, audience's situation. And we'll note that at least in one place where we don't need to overgeneralize and overreach the role of the Holy Spirit. Uh, So it's related to the problems they are wrestling with, and of course those problems are false prophecies and false teachings that are coming from secessionists, who are now kind of adopted the syncretistic beliefs of Gnosticism. Um, And what we find in 1 John seems to definitely build on discussions of the Holy Spirit in the fourth gospel, uh, gospel of John. So let's take a look first at 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 27. John here is urging his readers to allow the message that they have heard from the beginning had original good news and gospel when they were first believers to remain in them. That should overcome any threat or any deceit of these antichrists who are speaking false prophecies. Uh, the believers are to remember that they have the anointing of the Holy One. This is a reference to the Holy Spirit within them. They have been anointed with the Holy Spirit, and because of that, in verse 20, that they have all the knowledge, that that anointing gives them all the knowledge they need. Therefore, they do not need anyone, specifically those who have left from them, seceded from them, to teach them, seeing that the anointing teaches them all that they need to know, says verse 27. All these things. And this, again, this anointing is best seen as as the Holy Spirit, right? Now, what is important in... In this section, though, is to understand that John is talking about knowing all things related to their current situation. It is not that the Holy Spirit gives us um, um, this omniscience, this knowledge that never goes away, that we understand everything in life with clarity. That's not really what John's talking about. John is talking about all the knowledge that they need to deal with the situation the hostile situation they're in with these false prophecies so the natural result of having this anointing is that believers know things know all things uh, and they don't need someone else to teach them these things according to verse 21 uh, and definitely not those secessionists. according to verses 27 to 20 26 and 27 but again What they are all knowledgeable about is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came in the flesh, and that's where the truth lies. Nothing they need to know beyond this can be learned from these false prophecies. Everything they need to know, they have received and is understood and reinforced through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And you'll find a very close parallel between this and John's Gospel where Jesus promises his disciples the paraclete would teach them everything, John 14, 26, and would guide them into truth, John 16, verse 13. So it appears that John has taken up this same teaching here and has applied it to a new situation. In the next text, 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, we actually do not find the word spirit. In the, in the Greek, it would be pneuma, pneumo and the word for spirit by the way in the Greek uh, literally means breath and wind because that's how the holy spirit operates the holy spirit is the breath of our spiritual life and it operates like the wind it moves and it has impact but it but it is not seen uh, in the in the Hebrew it is ruach has the same or similar meaning breath and air uh, and that is the word that John is using here but he d- it, that John uses in his writings, but he doesn't use it here. In verse chapter 3, verse 9, he talks about the seed of God, which implies the Holy Spirit, and it remains in the believers and renders them incapable of sinning or living that life of sin. Again, John uses two different forms of sin, uh, and it's part of a larger discussion that John is having from uh, chapter 2, verse 29 through uh, verse 10 of chapter 3, in which his readers are given instruction on how to distinguish those who are born of God and those who are not. Those who are children of God uh, are the ones that have the Spirit in them, and so they will not go on living a life of sin. They will live a righteous life. I mean, literally what he's saying is they cannot Because they have the seed in them, they cannot live a life of sin. They're going to live a righteous life. So those who are living this life of sin, this this ongoing sinful nature, those clearly do not have this seed within them. And it is the seed who gives them the clarity so that they cannot rebel against God. That also may tie into the closing verses of 1 John where he talks about there's a mortal sin, right? That that mortal sin are those who absolutely turn their back on God, as we said, and walk away, uh, teach false beliefs, or don't teach belief at all, but they are no longer abiding in God. Those are the ones who do not have this seed in them because they are rebelling. And then as you continue on in chapter 3, in verses 11 through 24, uh, John explains to his readers that they may know that they have passed from death to life and that they dwell in God and God in them when they show love towards fellow believers. Right? And, in, and as in verse 24, he adds, They may also know that God dwells within, in them because of the Spirit he gave them. However, it is not only those who remain faithful to the message that they have heard from the beginning, and who love the fellow believers who claim the experience, but it is the Spirit within them. That's how they know. Yes, they are, they are professing the message. Yes, they are living in obedience, but they know that they are believers because of the Spirit's work within themselves. Many others, to be sure, will claim that they are indwelt by God, and they've received the Spirit, and they attempt to speak in His name. We've talked about those false teachers that even are there today. Um, those who are, who are teaching just uh, enough away from the true message that they are confusing the population, the audience, John's audience, confusing us today uh, and trying to teach uh, lessons of Scripture and, and quote-unquote truths. That are misleading and do not represent the good news. And, and they are saying that they dwell, they are in dwelt with God, that God is speaking to him. But the author, John here, clearly says they are not. They are all secessionists, and he warns his readers to exercise discernment when they encounter that type of person claiming to speak in the name of God. It is in this context that the author makes more comments which reveal his understanding of the role of the Spirit. In 1 John 4, 2, he tells us, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is from God. The Spirit of God is going to teach that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and is God-made flesh. And here, just like in the fourth gospel, the role of the Spirit is to bear witness to the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, And then in verse 6 of this same chapter 4, the Spirit's role as witness to the truth about Jesus is reinforced when the author tells his readers that they can distinguish between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error by taking note of who listens and who does not listen as we bear witness to Jesus Christ come in the flesh. Then as you move through chapter 4, 1 John, verses 13 through 16, is one of the passages that John uses to bolster the boldness and assurance of his readers by telling them that they may know that they abide in God because he has given them the Spirit, right? It gives them clarity, it gives them boldness, it gives them confidence that they can speak on behalf of God, that they can hear with an ear towards God, that spiritual, those spiritual ears and eyes that we mentioned in the previous podcast. Uh, and this section is part of a, of a bigger discussion uh, in chapter 4, verses 7 through 21, in which the love of fellow believers in the light of God's love for us is evidence that we know God and dwell with him and he is in us. And the Holy Spirit carries a heavy role in that. Um, so it, it, it can lead us to believe or conclude that, that John is that the presence of the Holy Spirit leads believers to love one another and therefore they may know they abide in God because he has given them this Spirit and it produces love. However, the context that it's within about the Spirit leads to a little bit of a different conclusion, I think, because the author proceeds immediately to speak of the Father sending the Son as Savior of the world. So again, the role of the Spirit is Is not that the Spirit gives us that love. We get that love from God. It is demonstrated through Jesus Christ. But His role, the Spirit's role, is to be a witness to Jesus Christ. So that Spirit dwelling in us witnesses to the truth of Jesus Christ. And so we know that it's because it's the truth, then we can love like God loved us through Jesus Christ. Uh, Very much like what we read in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 19, Verses 34 and 35, when this Holy Spirit there bears witness to the reality of Jesus' death, right? The witness, the Holy Spirit is bearing that witness so that we can be assured, we can be confident in who Jesus is, and then love pours out from that, right? So, as we wrap this up uh, about the Holy Spirit, we can see that uh, the Holy Spirit in the text of 1 John indicate that John sees the role of the Holy Spirit primarily as a testimony to the truth and the tradition of God and Jesus Christ through that, not as a source of new revelation. That's not the point. The Holy Spirit's not coming up with something new and informing the Gnostics. The Holy Spirit is taking everybody all the way back to that original message and is tying everything together as truth, through the witness of who the Spirit is, right? In all probability, he did this because the Successionists also claimed the Spirit as the source of their new but heretical doctrines concerning Christ. So John's thinking he's got to go back and he's got to hold together the Word and the Spirit. They go together. They cannot be separated. What you were taught and what is reinforced in you through the Spirit are one and the same, so, that he stresses the Spirit's role in witnessing to the truth of the gospel, which is that Jesus, Son of God, proclaims since the beginning of time. So, the Holy Spirit is there to interpret in, John, in, in 1 John, it is there to, to bear witness in 1 John, it is there for, of Jesus Christ, it is there to ensure truth in 1 John, all of which are important for uh, this community who is being drawn away from the truth of the teachings of Jesus Christ by these Gnostics who are teaching something very different. So, quick run through there of what the Holy Spirit does in 1 John. Uh, Hopefully that adds to your knowledge and understanding of the role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks truth to you. The Holy Spirit um, bears witness to Jesus Christ For all of us, the Holy Spirit um, speaks to God on our behalf, mediates that relationship. We can still access that today. So, as you walk away from today's lesson, think about that. How is it that you can acknowledge the Holy Spirit, uh, make requests of the Holy Spirit, lean on the Holy Spirit so that your faith is stronger, you can abide closer in God, and you can walk daily in the truth, right? And that's a way that we can stay in the word as we have talked about this holy time, this whole time. So stay in the word. Remember to stay in the word. And let's keep the journey going and come back next time. Uh, we've got a special guest next time. You're gonna love this guy. Uh, I know I do and I enjoy the times that he and I can discuss faith together and discuss scripture. It's always amazing. And so I think you're gonna really enjoy having him join us Uh, Until then, as we said, stay in the Word. uh, Read it slowly so that you can understand all that God would have you know. Thanks a lot. We'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to Lessons with Pastor Steve Sellers. Check back soon on all podcasting platforms and on YouTube for the next available episode. This series is produced by Riley Moncrief for Camino Church. To learn more about our church, like us on Facebook at Camino Church or visit us online at Church. Dot .com We'll see you next time.